Hello. Hi, Eric. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing swell. Thanks for answering the call. No, you're welcome. And we jump right into this. If you uh, if you are ready, we're gonna jump. We're gonna. I'm gonna ask you your first question. Okay, sounds good. Whenever you're ready. Okay, so I'm talking to Eric Lee, and I'm. Uh, he's from Michigan, and and I'd like to ask you: Do you have a testimony, or can you share a testimony of your calling? I sure can. Um, and and this this starts a ways back. I'm gonna. I actually got a few testimonies, so. There'll be a couple here. Um, start with, um, I had, I lived a rough life before I turned to the Lord. I mean, I knew God, but I turned away from him. Things happened in life. Um, I actually had a surgery and I ended up getting nerve damage from it. And then, um, after that, I, um, couldn't use my arm for like two years. And um, I was on a lot of pain meds and everything. Wow, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, a lot. For like a year straight, I was on them. A year and a half straight. And they suddenly took me off. And yeah, I I became addicted to them and stuff. And I I, I went to rehabs for years and stuff. And in and out. But never worked because I didn't have the Lord. And then, you know, stuff happens in life my excuse me my father passed away actually from brain cancer that you know was a hard time for me as well and and what happened was uh you know i finally started coming back to church and everything uh the lord really pulled on me and i had a job that wasn't a good job so you know, I prayed, and I had an interview coming up at a Christian facility. And so, you know, I prayed, and I asked him, you know, to show me if this is where he wants me to work and what what he'd want me to do. And that if he wanted me to have this job and this, if he showed me that, that I said it'd be enough for me to get baptized and totally believe in you. And <laughs> there's usually like three interviews and stuff in different levels. And I went there, I did my first interview, and actually uh, they hired me on the spot. And they said they actually have never done that before. So I got that job and it was a lot better for me being around a Christian facility, Christian work, and you know, the language and the cursing and all that, not as much. And then uh, when I uh, got baptized, um, I literally, like, felt, um, when I received the Holy Spirit and after I was baptized, I, I felt like the only way I can describe it is like a huge bear hug, but, like, without hurt, just so much pressure that the Lord was told me he was hugging me no kidding yeah yeah so there's you have this answer to prayer and then you say i'm going to stick to my end of the bargain i'm going to do the studying i'm going to get do the baptism i'm going to do what it takes to 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 uh follow in the footsteps you had family in the church yes oh yeah yes yep i've grown in up in the church my whole life right right so then Having that influence always there had to be nagging at you, right? Oh yes, always. Yeah. So you said, "Okay, God, I'm gonna." I said I would do this. You did this for me, and so really, that sounds like that that experiment that Alma talks about, right? So you you did yeah. it. You you asked God for a blessing. The blessing happened, and then you turned around and you you held up your end of the bargain. I I love this feeling though. What that hug that you're describing. That wasn't part of what you asked for, right? No, it wasn't, but I'll tell you what. Um, my brother, Elder Chris, had prayed that the Lord would give me a sign there that he's welcoming me into his life. Hmm. And I didn't know that at the time, but, you know, I found that out later on from 
appreciating that. And yeah, I mean, I had to. I told everyone at church I would, you know. It was one of those things that, you know, you got to follow through, but I'm so glad I did. I mean, it's the best thing I've ever done. But, um, yeah, and then I eventually, you know, started opening that church, and the Lord really pulling on me and really working in my life and so showing me so much. Real quick, when you said opening at church, I think what um, most people don't understand I I, understand, I think I understand what this is, and that is you kind of took on a leadership position, even though you weren't a minister at that time, and yeah. and so I've seen I've seen this firsthand, and you you don't necessarily have to be the uh, minister in charge to be a leader in charge of a service uh, in Michigan. The way you guys uh, kind of dole out responsibility, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So opening, yes, would be opening for Sunday school where we do the songs and then a couple verses and prayer. Yep, that so, you just have to be an actual member. Right. So we have like a su- Sunday school superintendent and roles like yep. that here at different locals. And in some locals, you know, someone has to step up and be in that position if there's no minister present. But I like sure. locals who push other people into positions like that, even though there are ministry who maybe everything kind of gets defaulted onto their shoulders. Yeah, I, true. I, yeah. I like that churches don't do that. Yep. Yep. It is. And, and true. And, you know, the, our brother Dennis is the one who asked me, you know, he said, you know, I think it'll be good for you. And, 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 and it is, you know, and the Lord blesses you with stuff like that, too. Definitely. But actually, um, so in, it would have been 2018, Elder Adam Porter uh, actually gave a testimony uh, that um, we were, that I was to prepare, though. Um, that the Lord had a plan for me, too keep going and to he just said to prepare and to keep studying and doing all that and he told me and our brother Stephen Stratton that to prepare for work the Lord is going to choose us to do and I had another um thing so I was on my way home from work um I'd been praying for three things at the time one was that 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 I would be, you know, able to prepare correctly and know what he wants me to do, that the Lord will lead me. Another was I uh, had had some dental surgery at the time, and I had an infection that wouldn't go away. If it didn't soon, I was going to have to go into intense surgery and a lot of bad stuff with it. And, and then the third one was that about... um having a family and stuff and and I was on my way home one day at work and I I get out late at night at 10 p.m. and I work about 30 minutes from my house so I was on my way home from work and I don't know I just had this really sudden craving on me that I needed to stop and get ice cream I don't know why I walked in there and this walking down the aisle and stuff and this gentleman walked up to me said, excuse me, and go, yeah, he goes, hi, how are you? I'm like, good, how are you? Good, and he goes, I, I, this is going to seem really weird, but I wanted to ask you a question. Do you have some sort of nerve problem in your arm? Do you have a problem? I, I have a bad left knee as well. He asked me if I did. I said, yes. He said that the Lord had showed him a vision that he was to go there, and then he was to meet me there. And that he was to deliver a message. And he told me that, you know, I was going to be healed, and he actually laid his hands on me, and 
I, it, it felt so warm, like in cat skin, just very warm. And I actually was healed within a couple of days fully because I had actually a big hole in my mouth still. But then I was completely healed with that. And he told me that I would find the right woman and have a family. And that he also told me that to keep studying in the Word every day like I was that the Lord was going to call me. And that he loved me. And he had great plans for me. And this gentleman, he was not the typical preacher type you would normally think or see, you know. Um, he came actually 30 miles out of his where he's from, but he actually said that the Lord told him that He's a tell most from him that he's not allowed to use his church name because he doesn't want anyone to think or bring praise to his church but to God himself. And he said that he used to have a hard life and that he's just trying to make up for it and that the Lord gives him visions and that when he follows through and does what the Lord wants him to, that he gives him more and he blesses him. And he hoped, and he told me, Lord, bless me. And, you know, that, that kind of really affirmed it for me that the Lord was going to call me eventually. And that's, that is powerful. Yeah. That is the kind of thing that uh, just that undeniable out of left field, no way anyone, any man could plan that. No. Right? Do you know no, that it, was the hand of God working yeah. in your life? That kind of testimony is powerful. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, and, and then you, I, I usually don't comment too much in people's story, but you're, you're leading me on to some good editorials here about, you know, we don't have the corner on the market of, the power of God in the church of Christ. You know, we, we don't, we don't get to say, uh, only, only thing good that can happen has to happen in our church. Uh, or, or, you know what I mean? God yeah. works with people everywhere. He does. He uses everyone, you know, and to kind of get back here, he used me when I was in rehab to help someone else. When I wasn't even reading, this, you know, I wasn't even following his word or serving him or nothing. But yeah, it's those kind of stuff that you can't deny. And I do believe that God works in many churches with many people. This gentleman didn't want anything from me. He didn't want money. He didn't want me to have to come to his church. He said I was at a good church and just stay there. But yes, that, that really you know, touched me, and then actually I have the official um, calling that, and this is actually Adam's testimony that he wrote down himself before he passed away that I actually have now that explains what he was thinking and feeling at the time. Which, you know, I can only get my side except for what he wrote down. If you don't mind, I, I would love to read sure, what sure, yeah. he wrote about his testimony. So he put, wrote this, was Elder Adam Porter, July 5th, 2020, said during the testimony service, after sacrament, many strong testimonies had been given. The presence of the Holy Spirit was, was strong and felt by all. There were two men in the congregation had been admonished through the Spirit over two years ago to prepare as the Father had a gift in mind for them. The Holy Spirit revealed knowledge to me that these two men, Eric Lee and Stephen Stratton, were to take part in the work of the ministry, and the time was at hand. I was moved to stand and ask these two young men by the Spirit, Will you be obedient? I first said that there are that our Heavenly Father gives gifts to his children, 
and that he wants to give one now. It is the will of the Father through his Son that you, Stephen Stratton, are to serve in the office of a teacher. Eric Lee, it is also his will that you are to serve in the office of priest, and thus it is. Amen. This is my testimony of what happened through the Holy Spirit, Elder Adam Porter. So that's how he felt through it. And I'll tell you, before he got up and said that, I gave a testimony of what I had a dream actually the week before that my father had passed away that I'd seen him. And we were on this big, tall scraper building, just the type you could think maybe in New York City is the only thing I could think of. And the parking on the top floor of it is like a parking lot. And I saw him in one of my cars. He looked young, you know, he looked perfect, healthy, just great shape. I've never seen him like that before, but we got in. And he goes, well, you ready for this? And I go, yeah, sure. And he goes, all right, here we go. And punch the gas on so we went off and went, whew just went off the edge of the building and grabbed my hand and said, I love you, and I'll be with you through every part of this. And I didn't think much of it then, but when I gave that testimony, I said, you know, that it was after that that our brother stood up and gave the call. So it was like a, I don't mean to belittle it, but it was like a no. your own personal field of dreams moment there uh, with your father, and, and that's... That's got to be, uh, again, exhilarating and, and the meaning behind it, right? Um, yeah. You're, you're taking off. You're going for a ride, and you don't mm-hmm. yet know what the ride is. And yep, then we you didn't get know what called, was going right? to happen. Yep. What's that? I said we, it was like I didn't know what was going to happen next. but Yeah. Those are powerful testimonies. Um, are you ready for question two? I am. How long and how much do you prepare for a typical sermon? And how many sermons have you preached? Now, in the past, it's either there's no way I could count them or it's a very low number, like two or one or zero in one case, you know? So, yeah. Okay. I have actually preached 10 sermons, so that's easy enough to count. (laughs) (laughs) But... You know, it, and it depends on how much I work, two to three weeks on a sermon. Um, it really depends on when, where, and how the Lord leads me, um, what we're working on. And sometimes it takes me a, little, a week or so to figure out exactly what the sermon is going to be about and how I'm doing that. But that's about how long it takes me, two to three weeks. But, I mean, I could obviously do one quicker, but... I like to really spend as much time as I can on it. And then how long do you preach? Are you a, a long-winded guy? You, you know, um, I hate to put it this way, but I like to use every minute I got. <laughs> and I'd rather go over a little bit than end early. So I always have actually more. You know, I'm learning better now. It's hard to control time sometimes and tell, but... I, I try to always have extra just in case yeah. I have more time to fill it in more and use extra. And sometimes I don't have to use the extra bit I have. But I do. I like to use every minute. That really wasn't fair. That wasn't on the list of questions. I don't know why that just popped in there. No, that's fine. No. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to start asking that one now. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I really don't know. I have never. Uh, uh, I think I've seen you and I've watched one of your sermons on the Michigan. But lately, it's been getting too hectic to catch all of them. Uh, It can be, yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, So what do your scriptures look like? So um, I have a rainbow Bible, so I don't really highlight because everything's pretty much already highlighted. So I do a lot of underlining, circling, arrows, stuff like that. And do you... uh, do you, uh, I, I know it's different. Is it with your Bible and the Book of Mormon the same? Like we don't have yeah, a yeah, rainbow. Yeah. No, no, I don't. I don't. You're right, but I do the same thing with my Book of Mormon. Yeah. Yep, I do. And then last question would be, um, 
if you're ready for your 10 scriptures that you have prepared for us, what are the, your favorites that you, you go to? Sure. So, um, I spoke earlier, um, Psalm 23 is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So do you actually, do you want me to read these scriptures or just talk about them or? Uh, like Psalm 23, I think we know that one really good. Uh, you yeah. can say it if you want, you, you know, re- reference parts. So, well, the reason I choose that one, I was, uh, I haven't read the Bible since I was a kid. And there was a minister who came to one of the rehabs I was at and, um, you know, wanted me to start reading the Bible. And I said, well, I don't know how to start or where or what. And he just said, just read Psalms, open it up, start wherever you want. And, that was the first one I read when I was in a really dark place. It gave me hope. You know, that no matter we may dwell in, you know, a dark place, but the Lord has good prepared for us. You know, and then our, He makes our cup overflow and our enemies. And goodness and mercy that come upon us in life. That one's part of my testimony, so I have to do that one. Now, also like Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, those are a couple of my favorites. Okay, that one's not as well known. That one I think we, we should read. All right, I'll read that. Go ahead. So uh, it says, In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple above it stood the serpents each one of them had six wings with twain he covered his face and with twain he covered his feet and with twain he did fly and one cried one unto another saying holy 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 is the lord of hosts the whole earth is full of his glory and the post of the door moved at the voice of him they cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then he then said, I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims, unto me having a live coal in his hand which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar and he laid it upon my mouth and he said lo this hath touched my lips and thine iniquity is taken away and thy sin is purged also i heard a voice of the lord say whom shall i send and whom will go for us and thus i said here am I, send me. I love that one. That uh, it means a lot to me. You know, I I I lived in the world on clean lips. That was a big thing in me, just feeling so undeserving and all the mercy and love the Lord's given me and stuff. It just overfill it. And I that verse I read that not long after I was called you know and it really helped me to make the decision and i you know at one point in my life was meant to lord and used to you know curse his name and look at me now you know i'm so thankful the lord doesn't give up on us that i have yeah go ahead uh, um if you had another thought on there i don't want to cut you off no i didn't no okay i didn't want to go on to the next one Uh, this verse uh, there's, I see two aspects in it. One of them is it's cleansing me, right? Uh, yep. You know, but part of why he needs to be cleansed, and I think the precursor is that he sh- he sees how how I don't know how how exalted God is, how powerful he is, and this winged beast with six wings and all its glory, it was proclaiming glory to God. And so, yep. and then hit the the room shook, and the the room is filled with smoke, and that's the power of this thing, and its job is to proclaim glory to God. And now you have God who's like next level, and you are in the presence of that that glory to God, and you it begins there 
with that understanding of who God is. And I think there's a there's a, a section of the Book of Mormon. I, I don't know. Maybe you're going to read this one. I don't know. But uh, there's verses that kind of show the, the way that uh, God communicates with man. And uh, I'm trying to think. I think it's in Alma chapter 9. But he says, first thing he did was he sent angels and their job was to tell man how glorious God was. And once man saw that, then they could pray and then God would answer their prayers. So this is kind of the same thing. The first thing you got to do is understand how glorious God is. And then when he purges your sin, you you have that release of God can do this because he is glorious and all of us have that that unclean lips. I mean, I can relate to that. I've I've got m- thoughts that I that pop into my head that I gotta kill. You know, I wish I could yep. take one of those coals and s- just stick it in my brain and purge that out. You know, yep. but God can do that. What a, what a, this is a really good verse for anyone who's struggling to see that you gotta recognize God for who He is and the power He has, and He can fix you. He can heal you. He can sin, take away your sin. He has that power. And then what do we say in response? Here am I, send me. Just like, just like this, uh, this fits for your story. This fits for a lot of people's stories. Yeah, exactly. Yep. The Lord you can do anything, that's for sure, with anybody. Definitely. I'm really glad you picked that, that one. That's good. Oh, thank you. I also like, uh, I mean, I got to tell you, it's hard to pick only 10 and it's hard yeah. to do 10, you know, and they change so much, you know, at a different time in my life, some need more than then, or, you know, touch me more at a different time. Right. I think but, Chris Moran picked a whole chapter and then, and then Jay yeah. Moser said, well, I'm picking the Old Testament <laughs> or the, excuse me, the New Testament, anything in yeah. red, you know, it is hard yeah. to limit it. I, I thought that too, and I limited mine down because a lot of them were chapters and stuff like yeah. that too. Because it's like, oh, I like all this in this chapter, you know. So yeah, I tried to keep them down so I wasn't reading whole chapters and stuff. But yeah, I like Matthew chapter 22, like verses 36 through 40 about, you know, the two greatest commandments. Those are great. Jesus tells us, you know, we love the Lord with all our heart, with all our mind, heart, and soul, and we love our neighbor as ourself. And I like how he put as ourself because who do we look out first for in the world? You know, it's always ourself. We make sure we're fed and stuff, or we help others, or that we. But to do that with your love for others, to worry about them before yourself is really to be Jesus. Right. And to do it with the least of the least. Not to mention they're always trying to trip him up, you know, especially when the lawyer says that to him, which is the greatest commandment in the law. Right. That's a lot of, of depth to that. If a lawyer's trying to trip you up in your words, that's we're taught by the world of lawyers to be selfish. We are, that's for sure. That is for sure. There's a lot in John I really like. I do. The one I picked, though, I picked John chapter 3. I did verses the 5 through 6. Okay, you want to read those? Yeah, and these ones are, you know, really good for people in the world to understand who aren't in the church, or maybe you're one that doesn't baptize. So, you know, it starts out verse 5. Jesus answered, Very, very, son, you accept a man, be born of water of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That And that which is born of the Spirit is of the Spirit. You know, it goes on to say, Marvel Nye is saying to you, you must be born again. We have to. There's only one way to our Heavenly Father through Christ. You know, we all have to enter through the gate, through baptism, repentance. There's all one way that anyone has to enter. It me to see people just think you have to accept 
Jesus, you know, you got to repent, so you need the baptism, you need to continue to, you know, follow his commandments every day of your life, and repent, and do what you can for his gospel. Yeah, I, I'm not doubting that there are people who, and we understand this in the scriptures, you're judged according to what you know. That's that, true. Yeah, that there are people who are going to make it to heaven who are not baptized. I believe that. That but, is true. But that is not the message we're supposed to speak in Christ's exactly. name. So, so yep. I don't ever argue the point that no one is that that if you don't get baptized, you're not going to make it to heaven. But I know that if you do get baptized into the Church of Christ, you know his his kingdom. You, this mm-hmm. is the way he prescribes for getting to heaven. I think your chances are better this way than if you take any other route. Yep. So. yep. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah, you are based on what you know. I, I see a lot of people, though, that preach that, you know, that, oh, you don't need to worry about that stuff, you know. Yeah, I don't know how they can. This is the message yeah. of Christ. Yeah. This, yeah. This is how he says to do it. Exactly, you're right, you know. Yep, and I believe that there's good people in the world that don't know what Christ or anything about it or anything even close. I also put uh, Romans chapter 6, I did the verses 22 and 23 in that one. But now being made free from sin and become servants of God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the ever and the everlasting life for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ our lord you know and and then, and then that's another one you know that tells of through jesus christ and and it means a lot to me because you know, I wasn't sin. I wasn't that, and the wages of that is death. And, but the Lord doesn't give that to us. He gives us eternal life. Right. I think, I'm looking at these verses, you kind of have to go back to 20 and 21 for the yeah. full message, but 22 and you 23 do. is the hopeful part. So I yep. get why you focus on those two. Yep, yep, I did. For Yeah, because when it... Yeah, I did. I cut it down a little, tell you the truth. Uh-huh. I had more. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, for this one, maybe we should go and do do more. Yeah? Yeah. How far back were you going to go? Um, I started at 15. So you were going farther point. back than I was, even. Yeah, yeah. yeah go yeah. ahead, go yeah. ahead. So when, then, shall we sin? Because we are not under the law of the but under grace, God forbid, know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to ye, whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that for from uh, that form of doctrine which was delivered, being then made free from sin, ye become the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants uncleanliness and to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness under holiness for when we when ye were the servants of sin ye were free from righteousness what fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed for the end of those things is death and we got into 22 and 23 that i but yeah that's where i would have started being victorious with God over sin. Absolutely. I also did uh, another one in Romans chapter 8, did verses 28 uh, through 32. And we know that all things work together for 
good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And to whom he called, them he also justified. And to whom he justified, he also glorified. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall we have not with him also freely give us all things? I mean, that's just to me powerful, God's love and how we just, yeah, I, early in my life, I didn't think God loved everyone like he loved his people in the church, in his kingdom there, and that he didn't care about them as much. But that's why this verse really means a lot to me, that power of God's love. You make a good point. Like, we... We, like you, uh, you recognize that God loves His church more, or, or, or you must have you had that thought. Uh, yeah, these people are loved of God. That's what you saw. I'm going to say it that way. And yeah. so you recognized it in them, in either in their blessings that they've received, in their mm-hmm. maybe their countenance. There's something yep. uh, that you could see. Those people are blessed of God. He loves them. Why doesn't he love these people over here? But it, but that, so if that question sticks in your head and then you could draw the wrong conclusion, right? He, yeah. he loves everybody, but the, and, and this, the part about predestination, I, I don't know that that is, I, I'm not good at arguing that point, but the, the way that you say all things work for good for those who, to them that love the, to them that love God. I hear that all mm-hmm. the time. I always quote yeah. that one and I never do the two verses after it. <laughs> so I was yeah. like, yeah, the predestinate. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what that means. So even now, as I'm mentioning it, I don't quite get it, but the verses on the other sides of that, God loves everyone so much that he gave his only begotten son. People who don't live righteously are not taking advantage of those blessings that are waiting for them. It's not that yeah. God doesn't love them. Exactly. He didn't. Yeah. More full. He wants the good for us. He wants us to turn to him and love him. He wants us to have good and prosper with him. But yeah, he does. He does predestine us all. I mean, he's had a plan for me. Since the beginning, we're all predestined in life to do his work. Yeah. You know? The, the way to think about that, I guess, is it's foolish to think that God doesn't know. Exactly. So, yep. <laughs> I don't think he takes away our, our free will, but he knows. Oh, exactly. He's God. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one thing. We got that free will, and if we didn't... If we want to know good, he also has to know bad is evil. So, my last one I picked. Already? Was just a, yeah, I think it is 10 already, haven't we? Alright. I was just cooking. I got a couple more, you're right. So, my next one would be Jeremiah. Chapter 29, verses 10 through 14. In this one, about the, you know, prophecy, I, I, this one touched me because, you know, when I was living against the Lord and everything, um, I was going to keep suffering and iniquities and stuff until I turned to him, until I seek his face, you know, until... He had the glory, but I'll say more after I read it. Yeah. For thus said the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, said the Lord. 
thoughts of peace and not of evil to be given and expect them, that thou shalt call upon me now, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and ye, and ye shall seek me not, and find me, and ye shall search for me with all your hearts. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away from your captivity, and I will gather you from all nations and from all places. Whether I have driven you, said the Lord, and I will bring you again into the place where I have caused you to be carried away captive. You know, the Lord promises him still that he would do good for him. I like the thoughts that I think toward you. Right? This is God talking, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Yeah. Sayeth the Lord, just that statement. Yeah, yeah. He he thinks Thoughts about us. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you. So yeah, I, I that's that's even good too. He says thoughts of peace. I just am thankful he thinks about me. <laughs> you know that part of it is just it, it affects me. I, so I like this verse too. I know the thoughts yeah. that I think toward you, and I can just put a period on it there and just be yeah. wow. You know, God thinks about me. But then the rest of the message, you know, he he will be found of you when you search for him with all your heart. Yeah, and you know, in verse 18, you know, he said he will persecute them with the sword, with famine, and with pestilence, will deliver them to remove from the kingdom of earth, to be cursed, and astonish earth, to be cursed, and all and. And as I was saying earlier, feeling about that, you know, the Lord, you know, if that's what we need to turn him towards us, to have us be in an eternal life with him after he's going to do that. But he has that good in mind for us in the end. It's all for good. I just saw something today about, uh, it was interesting, uh, and I believe the man was Christian, he was from India, and he says, mm-hmm. here you have this list of happy, uh, good time, good, and then this list of uh, bad, or, or, or uh, I would call it struggle, struggling times. Times mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, man, it was a D word, and I can't think of it. But part, you see, yeah, on one side he says, when life is good, and when life is difficult. That's what it was. That's, I don't know why I was struggling with the word difficult. Yeah. But so on the column that life is good, he says you have happiness, you have good relationships, you're you're content with where you're at in life, like you have money, you have you have uh, peace of mind, and so when when and he had other listings, but and then he said on the other side when you're when it's difficulties, you're you're not happy, you are struggling with something, you are you don't have peace of mind, and so. So you don't have peace of mind, and you you have this list on the other side of difficulties. So it says, "What's look at this picture. When you are happy, you are lazy. When you have this uh, uh, happy, good relationships, you're not developing. And so any new relationship, you're taking people for granted. And now, so all, and he had every happiness, every good thing in your life, your behavior when things are good are bad behaviors. And then you go to the other side. When you have difficulties in your life, you struggle. You have zeal to get overcome this hurdle. You are you are earnestly working for a solution to overcome this hurdle. And your behavior when things are difficult is just the opposite of what you would expect. So our human nature is when things are difficult, we are at our best uh, according to uh, uh, as a Christian. When things are easy for us, we're at our worst as a Christian. And so he's kind of showing us that the times of difficulty and the struggles that we face, they are for our own good. They are for our own benefit that God does this to us. And we, we have to recognize that. Yeah, I, and I, I believe that, definitely. But it takes a mature mind to recognize that, right? Uh, I, I am definitely one to say, you know, this, it's hard to snap out of that. Uh, uh, if we were, if we had the right attitudes when things were good, maybe they would stay good longer. 
it's kind of like that Nephite up and down thing that keeps happening in the Book of Mormon when we read it. Their their civilization just goes up and down and up and down. Yep, the same with the Book of Mormon too. Or it's not Book of Mormon, but the uh, Old Testament, you know, oh, yeah, the yeah. Jews and serving God and turning away and back and forth. But yeah, the Lord gives us definitely what we need when we that's for sure. Did you have any others? Yeah, I had uh, one more here. Okay. So Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, pretty common one. So I am crucified. Well, I'll start, I'll start at 19, actually. For I, through the law, am dead to the law, that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, for the righteousness come by the law, and Christ is dead in vain. And I like because everything I have now, everything that's good in my life, every blessing, none of it is nothing from what I've done. It's all from the Lord. I'm undeserving of all of it or any of it. And having to crucify the flesh, but living the faith of the Son of God who loved and gave himself for each and every one of us. When I, when I uh, use this verse, it's um, uh, I kind of use this as a sword. I haven't really taken this to the the meaning that you have. Um, that that uh, and I should, I guess. They 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 were crucified with Christ, and everything comes from Him. If if we acknowledge that everything we do without Him. Wouldn't be meaningless, right? We're exactly his sacrifice, and it's Christ within us that has to be. You know, I, I like your message. I I use this verse to to say that if you are going to, uh, uh, it's like the the gospel of Christ. It, he killed the Mosaic law, so I use it this to to yeah. to fulfill the Mosaic law. And if you if you're gonna be a strict judge of people. And it says, with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged, right? So if you're going to take the law and beat somebody up with the law about, hey, they're, they've done bad in their life, and you point it out to them, you know, you are not fulfilling the law of Christ or the purpose of Christ, which is a judgment of love first. And so if you are, if you use the law to judge, then you are also going to be held by that same judgment. And if you offend in one aspect of the law you're guilty of all the law so this one this verse to me is is anybody who's going to be strict or or point a finger or or take the someone to task for sins in in that person's life you are are on dangerous ground right because christ absolved that sin christ loved that sin out of out of that person and you're saying that that Christ's sacrifice isn't good enough. So you have to judge people and our brothers and sisters and, and the people of the world and sinful people. And all of us fit in that category. You have to judge them with love first because of Christ who, who was crucified for that sin. Um, so I use this to, uh, to combat, like I said, like a sword to combat that idea of, of, of being a strict judge of people. Yeah, exactly, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm glad I don't have to be that strict judge of people in my soul, and you know, and and it also says that in that not that chapter, but in the Bible, that you know, who's ever sinned or whatever they done, that we don't forget the Lord is not give us for ours. Yeah. So we're not meant to judge or hold any of that against someone, like you said. We're all, we, we all fall short of the Lord's glory. That's for sure. Right. I guess the main 
my my main takeaway is that you you the way I use this verse is to respect people because yeah. they are God's creation and he and Jesus yeah. Christ died for them. So and now now that we've done that, turn that around and point it at ourselves and love ourselves in spite of the our sins. God died for you. And so you've got to let go of your own sin too. This this verse is how we're also too strict of a judgment on ourselves. Yeah. So Yeah, I agree. And sometimes that can be the hardest one to forgive yourself. Yeah. You know? Absolutely it is. Uh, for me anyways. And and this verse shows the love of Christ that is inside of us with, without a doubt. He lives there. Yep. And I live by the faith in, in Christ, right? The Son of God. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Excellent verses, sir. Thank you. It was a pleasure getting to know you tonight and hearing your testimony and hearing more about uh, getting inside the mind of Eric Lee and, and playing around in there. And uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I appreciate you. Well, don't spend you. too much time in there. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you donating your time. And I thank you for answering the call and, and serving the Lord as a priest in the Michigan local. Uh, make sure you give everybody a hard time up there, all my friends. And uh, we miss them. <laughs> And I I miss you now even more. Uh, oh, thank thank you. you for spending time with me tonight. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. You know, the Lord uh, never gives us a trial or anything that we go through that he doesn't give us an opportunity to share that to help someone else. Uh, and I'm thankful for that. Eric Lee, what do you know? You know, I know that the Lord loves us all and that we're all his children. You can't. Yeah, that's that's a great ending. I'm going to end with that. Well, thank you. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy. Thank you.